Hey, what's up? It's me, David, host of the First Four Years podcast. Carving out your own path as a creative professional or an entrepreneur is not just a simple to follow process. It's an unfolding journey of self-discovery, learning, and development. So think of this podcast as a journal of that process, what it's really like in the early phase of starting out and building your own path as a creative today. And if you're coming with me on that journey, let's take that next step forward. Welcome to the first four years. Hey, what's up? It's me, David, the host of the First Four Years podcast. I'm excited to be back here with you. I just returned from a long weekend where I was hiking up in Yosemite, and now I'm back in beautiful Santa Monica, and I'm jumping back into the swing of the work week. So uh, this is probably coming out on a Friday, uh, so kudos for making it through the week. And just as a reminder, this is a show about the early phase and the early moves of what it actually looks like to build your own path, what it actually looks like to create something that's yours, put it out in the world, and find some momentum. And I believe that everybody has that opportunity. We have so many tools, we have so many resources, but what you need is that extra encouragement, that extra inspiration, the tips, the real stories from experience of what it's like starting out. And so that's what this show is about. You know, I'm going to be sharing some of my own stories uh, since I started a business four years ago. I'm four years in, and it's totally bootstrapped, and it's supported me over the last four years. I've been able to work remotely over the last four years and move to any location I wanted, and I'm saying that's available to all of you, and that's what's so interesting about this time we live in. That's what's so fun, but I understand that even with all the media out there, it's really hard to know what to do next. Like, what's your first step? Or if you've made some progress and you've put something out into the world, how can I get it to grow? Why aren't people paying attention? Why haven't I gotten to where I want to be faster? And so I'm just going to be sharing a lot of thoughts on this show, some of my own experiences. And today I want to talk about the importance and kind of the double-edged sword of mentors and experts that you know in your life. So if you're like me and you're hungry to grow all the time, I have spent a good deal of time, even since college, finding people with expert opinions, finding people with a lot more experience than myself that can help me learn what the right next step might be or help me make decisions or give me information that will aid my process and and benefit the company that I'm working on. And it's been an amazing thing. You know, I've been so lucky to meet some really great, intelligent experts and mentors in my life, some of which who have been with me for years. Um, And so what I want to start talking about is how do you find those people and how do you connect with them? Because I think a lot of people have a hard time figuring that out. And then I want to talk about what the downside is and actually why I'm currently really cutting off a lot of the, um, not cutting off, but less and less I am reaching out for that help and assistance. And I'm going to tell you why. So the first thing I want to talk about is how I've found all of the people in, 
in my experience that have been so helpful to me. I have uh, a coach that has been massively helpful to me, a business coach, and that's been for about the past two years. I have some other entrepreneur contacts that I'm I kind of call in times of need. They're like the crisis <laughs> uh, type people. And, you know, I have some people that I just can commiserate with and get some straightforward advice and just your general network of, of others who are in your same industry that can support you through tough times, tough decisions, and uh, really help you grow as quickly as possible. So the first thing you have to know is that a lot of people think that if they could only get a mentor, if they could only get somebody to learn from that's how they're going to be able to start. That's what's going to lead them to make the right decisions, be able to make progress on their path. And I'll say that's just absolutely not true. If there's one thing that wards off good mentors and experts, it is no progress. The best thing you can do, and I know this is sort of a paradox or chicken and egg thing, is the best thing you can do to to pick up great mentors, great experts, people who help you along the path is you have to have some type of progress. You can't show up with somebody and say, I've accomplished nothing. I've started nothing. Help me through this. You know, mentors, they love solving specific problems in tight spots that the people they help are in because they've been through them and they they know what it's like. And that's how they can use their, their help to the best of their abilities is when there's actually things happening. So the first thing that you have to understand in getting mentors and getting that supportive network is you have to start. You just have to have something going. And it doesn't mean you have to have crazy momentum. It doesn't mean you have to be making a million dollars. It just means that you have to have something that's being put out there so they see that you're doing the work they see that you have a lot of opportunity, you have a lot of uh, possibility, and they want to take or help you take where you are right now and get to the next step. So step one, you need to be making progress on whatever it is you're trying to work on before you reach out, before you find those people who are going to guide you along the path. And you'll just find it's so much more easy to find these people when you get some momentum. And so there's a great uh, analogy to this, and I believe it was a blog post I read, and I think it, it's called the four by four method, which is before you ask somebody for help, create a table that is four boxes wide and four boxes tall, and in each one of those squares, write down one of the key things that needs to get done for your project to be well on its way. So let's say you wanted to start an Etsy shop selling jewelry online. One of the squares would say, build 15 pieces of jewelry at home. The second box would say, sign up for Etsy. The third box would say, you know, convince uh, five people that I know in my network to purchase the jewelry and leave a review. And you just do that until all 16 squares are filled in. The next step is you start accomplishing those tasks. It's almost like bingo. I'll I'll call this the bingo method. Okay, so if you want to get a mentor, if you want to get somebody to help you with your cause, use the bingo method. Create a table, make it four by four, put in every square a step that will take you farther along in your project. Start executing those steps so that you've got five, eight of the boxes already crossed off. 
and then approach somebody with that bingo board or that table and say, hey, I'm looking to start my own jewelry shop on Etsy. I've already gotten my first five customers. I've already set up my shop. I have some reviews. I've been making the jewelry at home. What I really need help on is this box right here. This box that says, how do I get my first PR pitch? How do I uh, grow my email list? That way, you've done two things that are super helpful in finding or maintaining a expert or mentor relationship. People who are just even willing to help out of the good of their own hearts. The first thing is that you've showed that you're serious. And if there's one thing that somebody who's very busy and successful hates, it's spending time on something that gets wasted. They do not like wasting their time. I don't like wasting my time. And so if you've already done a lot of work and you can show them that, they, they know when they see it, they say, this person's serious, they are making progress, they've got momentum, I can help them with that box because uh, I, I see that this is actually gonna be helpful to someone and I love helping people. Even better is when you appropriately choose the right mentor for the right box. So let's say one of your bingo boxes says, I need, uh, I need to get my first press release out to the local paper. It's probably not a smart idea to go to the local real estate mogul and say, man, I'm trying to make this Etsy shop. Can you help me with PR for my jewelry shop? It just isn't congruent. You want to find somebody who matches up with that box that needs to get done. And so it's obvious, but the person you want to reach out to is the person who has expertise in getting local media. But I'm going to caution you right here. The caution when you do that is if that person is currently making their full-time income or a large part of their income from that service and you don't have money to pay them for that service, that's likely going to be a problem. Now, there are definitely ways to uh, get some of that work for free, but the ideal person to find in the scenario that I'm uh, creating out of thin air is you need to find somebody who has the skill, who isn't competitive, and who isn't making a full-time income from that skill because it's just kind of rude to ask. It's kind of rude to go to the PR person and say, hey, you're so experienced with PR. I need to help with PR in my Etsy shop. Can you help me get my first press release? So these are part of the steps that you take to find the right person who can help you along your way. You wanna make sure that you show them that you have momentum and that you're serious. You wanna think about the person and say, okay, I know that they have a skill in this area, but it's not their full-time income. And maybe we have a mutual connection. I think that's another thing you can look for. Any type of mutual connection that you have is gonna make it so much easier to get in the door. If you can get an introduction, if you both went to the same college, if you're both the same religion, I mean, whatever it is, you can build some common ground with that person to get them on your side to assist in your project. Because let's face it, there is so much stuff that you don't know when you start. I mean, I'm constantly amazed at the amount of stuff I don't know. I mean, even four years in, I'm just like, well, nobody told me that. I had no idea that's how that worked. I didn't know that this industry worked in that way. And that's why it's critical to find these people 
who can help you on your path and give you their expertise, usually out of the good of their own heart, uh, because you'll pay it forward. I think once you're down the path, you want to help other people because you will always remember what it was like to be in that early phase. So when it comes to finding mentors, when it comes to finding people to assist you, I'm just going to recap that a little bit. Make sure that you've already started. Make sure that you've made progress. There is the, the more progress you make on something, and again, this is a little bit chicken egg, chicken and egg, but the more progress you make on something, the easier it is for somebody to say yes. The more specific and aligned the ask you have is for that mentor, the more likely they are to say yes. The more uh, connection you have to that person, the more common ground you have with that person, the more likely they are to say yes. And I'm going to give you one more tip that has worked for me multiple times in my life. I understand that not everybody can do it this way, but when in doubt, pay for mentorship. And I don't mean approach somebody and ask, hey, can I pay you to be my mentor? I think that's definitely not the right way to do it. What you do is you pay for their service. And so multiple times along my career, I have paid for coaching. I have paid for sales training. I have paid for a designer to assist me that ended up being a co-founder of a business. When in doubt, if there's somebody you're looking to be connected with and learn from, you can always pay them for their services. It's a great way to get in the door. I find that a lot of times you can uh, you can pay somebody and then after that business relationship is done, after you've paid them, they are very friendly and, and open to giving advice thereafter because you've kind of already exchanged that value. Now, what if you can't pay for uh, a mentor? What if you can't pay for a service and then eventually have that person on your team helping you with your project? Well, you can actually do the opposite. And I've, I've talked to some people recently with some great examples of this. You can give work for free to that person. So if you can't pay for somebody's advice, you can work for them for free, which is sort of like paying them. There's a writer that I like a lot named James Altucher, and he talked about how the way he got his first gig on a major TV show and, and the writing gig was he actually sent a talk show host that he loved, Jim Cramer, an email that contained a list of 10 ideas that Jim Cramer could do to improve his show. And Jim Cramer read that email and said, hey, I love these ideas. Why don't you help me do them? And so anytime you can give value first, anytime you can offer yourself as value, anytime you can uh, provide a service for free to assist somebody that you're trying to learn from, it's a great way to also get in the door and build that relationship. And so I'll give you a real life example that might be a little bit easier to think about, but just remember that if you can't pay for somebody's time, you can always donate your time as value, just like you would with currency. Let's say that you're hoping to become a wedding photographer. One, one way of uh, finding a wedding photographer who is in the industry that you can learn from is creating the bingo board. And then you approach them and you say, hey, I have my camera, I've done my test shoots, I've booked my first client, I just am looking to understand pricing. Could you help me with that? If they're willing, then, then they can help you there. Another way of doing it is approaching that wedding photographer and saying, hey, I want to start my own wedding photography business. 
I know you had to start somewhere. Could I pay you for 15 hours coaching, you know, spread out over the next three months that it will help me get off the ground? That's the second way to do it. The third way to do it would be, hey, I'm looking to learn how to be a wedding photographer. Can I just be a second shooter for you for free at your next like five weddings just so I can learn more about the business? Um, and there's a bunch of stuff you could offer there. You could offer your time. And this is an investment in yourself. This is an investment in the long-term value of your business, which is to pick up skills from people with experience that can help you on your journey. And so hopefully those are some helpful ideas for finding a mentor. They're all things that have worked for me in the past. And I know now when people reach out, uh, it's a similar sort of logic that goes through my head. But like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I do want to touch on the downside of mentors or something to watch out for as you get more established and you have a group of mentors, you have people who are helping you with experience. So here's what I believe you should watch out for. When you have a great mentor, when you have a great uh, coach or somebody assisting you along the way, you have to always remember that they are experts in a specific area. They are experts in the craft that you hope to get better at, that you hope to learn from, but that does not mean that they understand the full weight of your situation, of your life, of the decisions that you need to make. And so the pitfall to watch out for is you might find somebody who is the most genius person in a certain field, but just remember that they are a genius in that specific field and not at making decisions for your life. So what I just want to want you to think about a little bit is that the reason to find a great mentor, the reason to find a coach, the reason to, to listen to podcasts or get any type of uh, assistance and, and strategy assistance is to get more opinions, to get opinions with experience. Not that those opinions are right or wrong, but they are just more information. That's what we should be doing. We should always be seeking out, how can I get more information about this problem that I'm trying to solve so that I can make the best decision possible? You know, not so that somebody else can make the decision for me. I am not outsourcing my decisions to anybody ever. If it's your accountant, your lawyer, uh, (laughs) even a doctor, uh, a coach, you're seeing them because you want to engage with them, pay them, uh, have some type of mutual beneficial relationship with them that allows you to get specific intelligent information from people with experience that help you understand how you could potentially solve your problems better. It's not the end-all be-all. No advice is the end-all be-all. Nobody knows who you, what you go through every day, what you see, what you dream about. And so I would just say, I think 100% have as many experts and mentors in your life as you can. It's been so, so massive to pushing me and my growth. It's been so massive for me continuing on as an entrepreneur and creative. But the only caveat is just always remove the decision-making from the other person and always take responsibility for that yourself. At the end of the day, It's your decision to make, and the coaches and mentors are there to help you, 
by providing knowledge. So that's what I wanted to chat about today. If you want to reach out and ask me any questions about finding a mentor, happy to answer. Send me a note. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back again next time. Peace.